I pray, oh God, as we begin to study and to talk and go over your word, God, that your presence would be with us tonight on this podcast and that you would bless the words and it may be encouraging to someone that may hear it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So tonight, episode three, these weeks are starting to go by pretty fast. Um, God had put in my heart a message that I've been um, letting marinate and, and germinate and build in my spirit. But part of the foundation of it is um, your life in Christ is going to cost you your old one. And what mm. you hear will not take you there. And I want to look at um, Romans chapter 12 to start. And I'm going to read from the, the Amplified Version because I like how it uh, expounds upon the scripture. Okay. And I'm going to start at verse 2. So we're at Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Amplified Version. And the word of the Lord says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Amen. I'm gonna stop there. So I'm 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 looking at this scripture, right? And and I'm I'm communing with God and I'm like, all right, God, what are you saying exactly here? The life that you now have in Christ is gonna cost you your old one. And I think what happens sometimes is we try to merge the two together. We try to have this new life in Christ while holding on to our old life as well. I thought about the scripture when um, Lot and his family were told to leave and his wife turned back to look back um, on what she was leaving, right? Because, you know, we, we we know Lot was a man of stature, so his family was a family of stature, so they had stuff, right? They were, they were somebody in the community and they were leaving behind all of these things that they had. And the wife just had to look back on, on what she was running away from, right? What she, what, what she was having to leave behind. And because of it, she was turned into a pillar of salt. And I think about how many times we look back after God has delivered us from any and every mess that we've been in. Uh, we look back, right? We, we fantasize and think about the old, the old stuff, right? The old ways and the old thoughts when the Bible clearly tells us that we are to press forward with this renewed mind. And we struggle with that. You know, I, I talk to people all the time, you know, new Christians in Christ, and and they struggle with this very thing. They struggle with giving up the old life for the new one. They want the new life, right? They want all the promises and, and everything that we share with them that God's going to give them because of this new creature in Christ. But they want to still hold on to the old life as well. And so I really wanted to dig into that tonight and, and get you guys' perspectives and, and, and let you talk to, to me and to the people and tell us what you think about this. Mm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Wallace. No, no, I'm go I'll go after you. Um, what I was uh thinking about is the uh chapter, well, the whole entire book of Exodus and you know what happened in in that book and what happened with Moses specifically. <clears throat> and what you said, you know, you had a key point. And, you know, I even started typing some stuff down as soon as you started speaking. Um, what brought you here will not take you there. So God used Moses to take them through the desert, but did not use Moses to take them into the promised land. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God brings people to our lives for a reason, a season or a purpose. And um, it sometimes it's hard, you know, because you get attached to folks. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, it's almost like being in the elevator or being in a bus stop you know, getting on this bus or getting on this train ride and you're going to get on this train ride with some folks and they're going to be on there for a little bit. You know, there's some people going to be on there for longer than others. And there's others that are just going to be on there just to be the driver, just, you know, to ask for directions. They're going to hop right back off. So the, the point of the or the moral of the story is that um, we get very attached, not only 
to people, but also to certain um, things that we're accustomed to. And because of those customs, we're not able to reach um, new people because people have moved on, but we haven't. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm and and it's a little touchy subject, you know, with doctrine and stuff like that. When people start talking about what are you supposed to wear in church? Um, can a pastor wear fitted? You know what I'm saying? Can can a can a woman wear makeup, earrings? You know what I'm saying? So stuff like that, you know. Um, and and the other day I started talking about you know religion, and there's a lot of things that um, yes, the Bible tells us and gives us direction towards. And if you actually look at the context of these things. Um, these things were for a certain purpose or a certain time for a certain church going through a certain thing. And maybe you're going through something similar. And yes, that can apply to you at that given moment. But if you're not going through this certain thing, or if it's not something that's going to deviate you from the walk um, with Christ or going to um, trick someone from going from following Christ to following, you know, Satan or doing something completely um, different. In other words, you're not going to be a stumbling block. Um, then it's fine. But long story short, you know, um, you have to let go of your past, let go of those things that um, that brought you to this point. So maybe um, not wearing a fitted, maybe not wearing makeup, maybe, um, you know, completely changing your, your lifestyle um, brought you to this relationship that you have with Christ now. Maybe it was necessary for you to set yourself apart from all of these friends and all of this culture and all of these, and all, these all, all these folks for that point in time to bring you to this relationship or intimacy with Christ that you have now. And now there's, there's a new season in your life where um, because of your spiritual maturity, um, these things are, are not going to... Um, bother your relationship with christ they're they're not going to be barriers so the things that wait for you in the future that god has um, for you um there's a new chapter so there's new things that that you're going to have to encounter new friends um and you knew everything you know and that's just a little snippet but definitely we have to let go the last thing i want to say is is with that last word about letting go um i look at it as god has given you these tools and things and they're in your hands or now your hands are full, right? But now God is ready to give you something new, but you got to let these things go. You already use these tools. You done change the oil in, in your car. Now you got to change the tools to go change the tires. You can't use what you change the oil with to change the tires. So God's ready to put new tools in your hand. Let go of these old ones because he's ready to bless you with something else because there's a new chapter in your life. Man. So this question for me is exactly where I am in my walk with the Lord right now. Um, so, and I kind of talked a little bit about this to um, Pastor Matos some months back. Um, so, I've been in ministry for God, 25 years. I know church um, like the back of my hand. And that's not necessarily a good thing, you know, because sometimes we can become comfortable in what we do. But anyway, I made the decision that I wanted to talk to God and find out what the next thing was for me. And some people, they aspire to pastor they aspire to do uh, operate in the church or whatever. But for me, I've been doing that since I was 15 years old. So what the Lord spoke to me, he said, I'm desiring and I'm requiring another level of um, relationship and consecration from you. You know, the question was, what brought you here is not going to take you to the next place. You're going to have to give up your old life. And so for some of us, that's not necessarily that our life was bad or the things that were for me when it comes to church. For me, there are some this life. When I think about that, my response is I'm not giving up anything. I'm not giving up sin, but he's requiring another depth of relationship for me. Um, 
I want to operate in the gift of miracles, the gift of healings, um, signs of wonders, casting out devils, uh, creative miracles, those things. So there is a demand upon my life in particularly in the time that I spend with the Lord that is different and it's longer and there's a much greater level of consecration that he's demanding from me. And I'm in conflict with that. Hmm. If I can just be, you know, transparent, I'm in conflict with it. Not that I don't want it, but it's hard. When you say conflict, like, Give me, give me a little bit more when you say conflict. Like conflict in what regard? Well, I still want to cuss. There's some things I still want to be that I still want to do mm. in my flesh. I mean, there's some things that I'm still battling with that other people can do that I can't. So there's still a struggle. There's a fight there where my flesh wants one thing. And my spirit, and he's saying, no, I want you in another place. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Even in how I deal with people, how I talk to people, how I deal with how I deal with people in relationships, how I think my mentality, how I live my life, how I do business. God is trying to change all of that because he is wants me to be to a certain place. So that means in every area of my life, he is coming for. And mm. sometimes it's just a struggle. Yeah, It's not people, but it's an inward struggle. Um, uh, uh, a, a struggle not to be mediocre or not to be what everybody else is or do what everybody else is doing because it's so comfortable. It's so easy. Right. You know, it's so easy to, to blend in and be part of the crowd. But then you get into the crowd and it's almost like you're not satisfied with the crowd anymore. Because no matter how comfortable you become, the desire to be what he wants outweighs what you are comfortable with. Right. But yet there's a fight. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to sound confused. I'm just trying to express. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're being transparent right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I think. I and think. I hope Hope I didn't add into it. I'm just trying to be. No, no, no. You're good. I think the thing that that bothers me um, with this particular topic, when I thought about it, and when I was been meditating on, it, I've been meditating on it with new believers in Christ in mind, right? And what bothers me because this is what I see all the time is is church leaders don't explain to new Christians that your new walk with Christ is going to cost you something, right? There's a sacrifice that you have to make. In Romans, it says, it says in the verse before that, it says, it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, right? Sacrifice means oh, that it costs you, right? it costs you something. It, 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 there's something you got to give up, right? There's, there's something you have to give in this situation. So this is not explained to new Christians. I had a great conversation today with a new believer in Christ. And when I, when I was sharing some of this with them, their mouth was wide open and they were like, man, I've been going to this church for the last couple of weeks and no one said any of this to me. Right. Wow. I didn't know that I was going to have to do this and I didn't know I was going to have to give up that. I said, yeah, I said, and that's, and I took them right to the scripture, right here to, to, to Romans 12, and I let them read it for themselves, and they said, wow. They said, I wish I hadn't known this at the time that I gave my life to Christ because I wouldn't have wasted the last couple of weeks not being set apart, mm, not yeah. having sacrifice, not having, you know, dedicated myself to God in the way that this scripture right here tells me that I have to. And I think I think what happens is 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 in the scripture here it says that um that it says to focus on godly values, right? And ethical attitudes. Mm -hmm. It's about the word focus, right? What are we focused on? We're so focused on what we had, 
right? We're so focused on the the old life, right? The things that we've uh, come accustomed to, the things that are, are our norm and not focusing on the new things, right? The new things in Christ, the being set apart, the being holy, all the things that we're supposed to do, the renewing of our mind. We're not focused on those things. And so because we're not focused on those things, you give your life to Christ and you still struggle. You mm. still struggle with the same things you struggled with before you give your life to Christ, and that's not supposed to be the case. Mm. So I pose the question as, as leaders of the church, right, or as leaders of this of the of the following or the gathering, how do we reconcile this, right? How do we correct this wrong? And how do we present it to um, church leadership so that they can acknowledge it, right? Because you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So how do we present this to church leadership so that it can be acknowledged, so that it can be changed? Because too many um, babes in Christ are, are continuing to suffer because of this very thing right here. They're not being taught that they need to renew their mind. They're not being taught that they have to reshift their focus. They're not being taught that they have to give up something. They cannot carry their old life into the new life. It's not possible. It's not possible to do that and expect to be delivered. It's not possible to do that and expect to move forward. You're going to find yourself continually going backwards. And that's the thing that's that's troubling for me because I see it all the time. Mm. I think that um, one of the things that I prided, prided myself on was the teaching and instruction that I gave and that I give my church when it comes to that process from salvation to sanctification. Because there is a process mm-hmm. being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then in your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which the Bible says, which is your reasonable service. It's a reasonable service, which, which the Bible says, that's what you should be doing anyway. Right. Hmm. So, uh, which which God is also, what Jesus is saying, it's not unreasonable for you to set yourself apart, for you to change. The problem is, is we have not, I believe, is that we have not taught. Coming and serving the Lord is about becoming a disciple, a follower of him, which means I'm giving up my way. I'm giving up my way of thinking, my way of understanding, and my and I am accepting his word as instruction because even, even though I'm accepting him as my savior, um, there are a lot of people that don't understand that we it's more to it than just being saved. Now I must become a disciple. Hmm. A disciple says I'm a follower. A disciple is a follower. You know what I'm saying? You are, we are disciples of, of our jobs. Whether you work construction, you work in a bank, you work in a school, you work in a, a hospital, you are a disciple. They give you a book, they give you a set of rules and regulations that you have to obey to work or be a part of that organization. It is the same thing with the body of Christ. It's the same thing with Muslims. It's the same thing... Uh, with any kind of religion that you we, we talk about, you have to become a disciple of it. And Christianity, unfortunately, is the only religion that does not enforce discipling, which means a stepping away and a conforming to. The Bible says, and be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. If What am I transforming from? I'm transforming from my old and I am conforming to what I am conforming to what the word of God says that I should be doing and I should be living and how I should be walking and just changing my understanding as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Not just by lip service, but actually a renewed mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're failing. Mm. I think, um, I mean, I'm, it's hard, man. I, You know, it's hard to critique, you know what I'm saying, the church, because I do want to say that there are some churches that are doing doing things the right way. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and there is no perfect church out there. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it's good that um, people like us, you know, who are leaders in a church are coming together um, to recognize that we are imperfect and we need each other you know iron sharpens iron and uh maybe that there's some things um that do need to be addressed and i agree with you wallace that 
the the word is something a lot of people struggle with um but i i the reason why you know i'm gonna go to my point but the reason why that they struggle with with the word in my opinion is because they don't give it the authority that it's supposed to ah i agree that's one right but what i really think people struggle with I I still do think people struggle with that, you know what I'm saying? But it's just a point of authority, you know what I'm saying? That or it's just another book or it's a history book, you know. And we're now 2023, people are even this just disbarring, just disregarding it completely. They're just trying to eliminate it from every aspect of society, period. And they're struggling with it because it's the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and and it's not only authoritative, it's confrontational and um you know, it's it's verifiable. Um, OK, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But what I do want to say is that apart from the fact that they're struggling with the word, I think that they're also struggling with the will of God. That's something I struggled with a lot. You know, what does God want me to do? I know you spoke about it earlier because, um, you know, it's my will, you know, it's my way or the highway, you know, and and maybe sometimes it's our ego, you know, what I'm saying gets in the middle or because we're we're we, we know so much of the bible you know what i'm saying like you said we know like the back of our hand anybody talks to us you know we're almost and then we're, we're we become that we we actually become that member that we don't want to be or or that member that we don't even like talking to because they know everything you know what i'm saying and we're preaching and they're just like yeah, yeah tell me something new you know what i'm saying uh -huh. um so putting a mirror right in front of you makes us understand like hey it's it's not about you anymore it is not about the knowledge that you have but i am now um applying this not or let me this is god right speaking to us this is just just mind me for or give me the opportunity for 10 seconds this is god talking to us and telling us let me use this word that you know like the back of your hand for just a little bit and let me apply it in a way in your life that you've never seen applied before. Wow. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah, I struggle with that every day, bro. I'm trying to tell you, like, yeah, you know, it's like my wife telling me, hey, but the Bible says, and I'm like, oh, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We've read the Bible so many times, homie. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's not, and I'm not an encyclopedia. Maybe, oh, I forgot about that verse. But yeah, I remember it. Go ahead. Refresh my memory for me. Don't, don't you remember the story of, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Because we, this is our lives. This is what we've done. And some of us have done it even being kids. Our parents have taken us to school, Sunday Bible school, um, vacation Bible school. I mean, we're just in church our whole lives. So we've heard it. Um, one thing is hearing it. Another thing is applying it and applying it in a way that you've never seen it applied before. And I feel like that recently, bro, I've seen some miracles so amazing, man, that mm -hmm. like just never before, you know what I'm saying? It's one thing for my mother to tell me, it's another thing for me to see in somebody else's life, but for me to see it in my life, you know, and, and just, just tangible. Like I was telling somebody the other day, um, I was like, man, I remember, you know, um, just asking God for for just a, a petition. Somebody had a petition. And I'm going to just tell you real quick, the petition, the guy, he was in prison and he wanted to leave. And he came to me and he said, oh, man, people are telling me that when you pray, things happen. I'm like, no, nope, it's God doing it. And if if you believe it's going to happen, he was like, man, I just I just want to I, I just want to leave prison. Like, bro, everybody wants to leave prison, bro. <laughs> tell me something new. Come on, man. <laughs> well, you know, what? What? Else? we could pray for that. But tell me, like, no, man, for real. Like, I, I just can't take it. I don't think I can handle another day was his exact words. And then I was like, so what you want to ask for? He's like, I want to leave tomorrow. I was like, come on, man. Go. You know what I'm saying? That you over here doubting and then, you know, and, and the enemy in your head. And then you, you're just trying to be realistic at the same time. But um, I grabbed this guy by the hand and I said, look. Do you really want to leave tomorrow? And then he said, yes. One thing is what you want. And one thing is the will of God. And mm -hmm. then and then secondly, which is important, is how much you believe that the will of God can be in your favor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then he said, I believe it. I'm like, all right, now it only takes two now. It only takes me and you. I believe it. I know it can happen. I'm not doubting mm -hmm. it can happen. I know it can happen. But I need you to believe that it could really happen. 
Bro, we called him at 6.30 in the morning the next day. It's time to go. Pack up your stuff. Yo, he texts me every day. Every day. Like, man, I'm just fine. I told you I promised I'm going to follow up with you. You know, so it's not, I didn't do anything. God did everything. But God applied, you know what I'm saying, the word of God and the word faith, you know what I'm saying, to this man's life in a way that neither he or I seen ever before. So that's something, yeah, it's large, it's semi-large, we can say. I mean, there's larger miracles that God has done, obviously. But what I'm trying to say is that if we can just receive God's will in our lives in a different way, in uh, an application that we've never experienced before by just letting go. God, okay, what is it that you want? And sometimes yeah. it's just a one, it's just a one-on-one. -on -one. You know, and sometimes even talking, you're talking, you're preaching to yourself. Yeah, all the time. All <laughs> the time. Crazy, man. All the time. It's 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 crazy. You just brought up faith, right? So so I was I, I think I shared this with you earlier in the week too, Sammy. I think I texted you this maybe yesterday. But um I was thinking about faith, right? Because um there's like been a lot going on, right? You know, people people are sick and 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 you know dealing with cancer and all different types of things and people have been coming to me and saying you know can you pray with me and this that, and the third and so the topic of faith came up and it made me think about faith right it made me think about you know you know everyone knows that famous bible verse you know if you have the faith of a mustard seed right and we know that the, a mustard seed is so small but God's saying that if you have just that small amount of faith you can move mountains right so what if you had the 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 size of a, the golf ball size of faith like what could you do you know what i'm saying if we're going to do math you know what i'm saying and, and and multiply it you know what i mean so so i said you know people have faith man like i, I i'm not going to just dispute the, the fact that people have faith so what happens right and i shared this with with you sammy earlier in the week i said i said i, I was looking at the scripture with peter and excuse me he got out jesus said come he got out of the boat and he, he got out and stepped out he had enough faith right at that moment and he actually walked on water he was doing this thing out out of the boat and then mm. he started to sink because you know the waves and everything around him had got rough and you know so in that moment he lost his faith and that's why he sank right oh god oh god so it's not so much the amount of faith you have, but the duration of the faith you have, right? His faith, he had, he had, he had to have more than mustard seed faith to walk on water, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, I'm gonna say he had, uh, you know, because you know I'm a football coach, so this is my shameless plug. I'm gonna mm -hmm. say he had football size faith, right? And he stepped out the boat, and for a hot minute, he was able to walk on water. And then he wasn't able to anymore because he lost faith in that moment. So and focus and focus, right? So he lost hey, look, faith. Yeah, so his, his, the duration of his faith, you know, diminished, right? It disappeared. And I think that is the, the thing that happens a lot with us, right? We have the faith, we're doing good. And then for whatever reason, our faith diminishes or we lose faith, right? And so the duration of our faith is what causes us, causes us not to, see the miracle right all the way through so let me, tell me what you guys think about that i for me um i can attest to that because I, there's some things that the lord has spoken to me that he was going to and that he's going to do um but i'm just wrestling with because i'm in a season where it ain't looking like it like, like nothing he said you know, and uh, and you've got to be able to stay focused. Otherwise, you begin to venture off into what is not his will because you're trying to compensate for your own men mental state of mind of what you think you can do to help ease the process while you're on your way to there. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Well, let me figure this out. That, But that ain't what he said. Let me do this. Like I can do this and I can do that. And you're trying all this stuff and it sounds good and it makes sense to your head. It makes sense in your brain, but it's not what he 
said. Mm. You know? Yeah. I agree. I mean, I was thinking about, I mean, and it, it goes a lot with what you just said, Wallace, but something that rang in my head while you were talking to you as well was, I never thought about the fact about the duration. Did you ever uh, even think about the fact on how far was Jesus from the boat? Yeah. How many steps did, did Peter take? take? Yeah. That's a preacher right there. Yes, sir. I thought about that too. I'm like, was Jesus hey. like right next to the boat or was he like 10 feet away from the boat? Was he a half a football hey. away from the hey. boat? We, like, how far did he have to walk? You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought about that too. I did think about that. <laughs> Okay, so how many steps Peter had to take, right? That's one. Two, when Peter sunk, when he was already drowning, right? Boom, he lost his faith. Jesus was right there. Like he, the Bible said he just extended his hand to rescue him. Just boom. You know what I'm saying? That means sometimes we lose our faith right like in front of like that jesus moment like i can't believe it's true you see what i just said like i can't believe mm -hmm. we can't believe it we've been believing it the whole time i believe it can happen and then it happened oh my god i can't believe it so it, it i i don't know and this is just coming to me now i don't know if when he just boom got encountered with jesus okay i'm here now i can't believe it's you and boom Oof, you know yeah. what i'm saying so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was just, I was just saying that when I read the first verse, which is the verse prior to one, the one you read, which is Romans twelve two. I always, I even got like a little bracelet about it. But verse one says, "I plead with you." He's pleading to give your bodies to God because all He has done for you. Uh. So He's pleading. He's pleading, like he's pleading to Peter. You know, Jesus is telling him, "Yo, I plead, just let go, let me do what." I, so at the same time, just looking at the other side of the story, at the same time, is Peter? Did Peter really? Um, did Peter want to be rescued? Like, there's some people that you know what I'm saying. Like, just let go. Like, just let their faith. Like, just, just. It's, it's not that they don't have the faith. Peter had the faith. Right. Not that he didn't have the faith. And he had enough faith to make it to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But then he got to a point that he wanted, like he needed, you know, he let go. He wanted Jesus to, to, to step in. You know what I'm saying? That's just another way to look at it. Because right. all of his faith diminished to the point that he looked at where he was like, oh, snap. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it's almost like you believe God can bless you financially, economically, and boom, boom, boom. You get all this money. You get all this, this financial blessing. It came your way. It's the big wave. Now, um, I can't believe it came so fast. Now, um, I, I can't believe it. Like, what do I do with it? And now you spend it in a way that you're not supposed to. And then it's all gone. Right. You know? Yeah. It's hard. I still a lot of ways to look at it, though. Go ahead, Wallace. Hmm. What I was going to say in my own experience is, you know, you think about that story about Peter walking on the water. Was it his faith that was lacking? Hmm. Or, was, or was it his focus? Come on, somebody. I believe it was his focus. Um, and I believe it was his focus because wait a minute, why can't y'all see? Can y'all see me? You turned your camera. Okay. Um, I believe it was his focus because his faith was intact. His faith was intact because remember now they were in the middle of the sea. They were on their way to the other side and Jesus came to them walking on the water. And the Bible says that it said, if it be you, Lord, he said, if it be you, Lord, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. 
Boom. Jesus said, so he gave him, so he saw Jesus. He said, if it be you. So he really wasn't even sure it was him. But he said, if it's you, then tell me to come. So he had enough faith that if Jesus told him to come, that he was able to do it because he was commanded him to do it. Because he commanded him to do it. So he was endowed with the so he was endowed with the power to walk in what other people would sink in because his focus was in the right place. Mm. So I believe that it was a focus issue, not a faith issue. Because the moment that he took his eyes off Jesus and focused on his situation or his surroundings, the waves, the winds, he began to sink. Yeah. So our ability to stay on top, our ability to stay focused and reach the goal, reach the limit, reach the plateau, reach the place that God wants us to be, I believe is has a lot to do with where our focus is. It doesn't mean that the winds, the waves, the storm, the trouble, the hell, the problems, the situations are going to stop because they're not. Because the Bible says in this life you will have trials and you will have tribulation. So the trouble is going to come. It is going to continue because as long as Satan remains unchained in the bottomless pit, he's going to do what he's going to do. Right. But the focus for the believer is I've got to remain in this place to know that I'm leaving what's behind me because the, the, the other key to it, everybody else stayed in the boat. Yeah. Everybody else stayed in the boat. He was the only one who had enough faith to say, if this is you, let me come. Yeah. Can you can you imagine the size of the gonads on his brother? <laughs> to say, mm. let me come out there in the water, in the middle of the sea. And he walked. He didn't just step out of the boat. He began to walk, which means he was actively walking in his miracle, walking in the promise, walking. He was moving forward on the spoken word of what God said. And while he was moving on the word, he took his focus off of what he said. So he was no longer focused on the word. He said in the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. So as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, who was the manifested word, the manifested presence, the manifested savior, our creator, G God in the flesh, as long as he stayed focused on him, he was able to get to where he was on his way to his place to meet him. But as soon as he took his focus off of him, he began to sink. And that's and that's how we are today. As soon as we take our focus off of him, off his word that he said, off his word, off his prophetic word, off and we get out of the presence of God, we begin to sink. We begin to pull away, we begin to draw back. We begin to de we begin to defer from what we know because now we're focused on the thing that doesn't give us power but gives us fear. Yeah. The sad thing too is 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 some folks never even put their focus on Jesus at all. Mm. You know, you know, some of us, you know, we have our focus like Peter, he had his focus on him for a minute and then he took it off, but some people never even put it on him. And they wonder why right. they are constantly sinking. And can't and can't keep their head above water. Can't get ahead. It's, like you said, it's because they're focused on the wrong thing. And the Bible even says it right here in the scripture. It says, "Focus on godly values. Focus on godly things. Focus on God. Whatever's pure. Whatever's yeah. lovely. What does scripture say? Focus on. Think on these things. Yeah. But the bad yeah. part is the sad part is folks focus on the exact opposite. Right? They focus on the negative. They focus on the uh. The thing that's going to tear a person down. They focus on the gossip. They focus on all the things that they're not supposed to focus on, expecting to receive the blessing that comes with the with focusing on the godly things. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the thing that that as 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 we continue these conversations, right? I really hope to impress upon people and and you have to be set apart. You have to be different. I'm learning right now that if you look like the world, or as the scripture says, if you look like the same and have the same customs of the world, you, there's no way you're going to make a difference. You have to be a disruptor. I'm, I was just finished reading um, Bishop Jakes' book, Disruptive Thinking, and, and, and he's, he focuses a lot on that. 
you know, you have to be a disruptor. You have to rock the boat. Mm. You got to rock the boat, you know? And so the one thing that he, he really kind of impressed upon that really stuck with me so far in the, in the first part of it is like, how do you be a disruptor without being destructive? Mm. And that's really just been sitting with me because it's like, all right, God, I know that I got to be way different than everybody around me in the sense of because what you're calling me to do is going to be disruptive. And I have to be prepared for the backlash that comes with being disruptive because it's going to be different. It's going to look different. It's going to sound different. You're going to move different than those folks around you. And so there's going to be some pushback, right? But how do you make sure you continue to be disruptive without being destructive, right? Without tearing other people down, mm. to tear you down. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that, that Pastor Matos, man, he, he, he thinks, you know what I mean? So how do you not feed into that, but continue to, to stay on the mission that God's given you of being disruptive? Because in order for you to be effective, you're going to have to be disruptive. You know, mm -hmm. and that's right. the thing that I think, you know, for, for, for this group of men, right, this men of integrity, the men that we are, I see clearly that it's something that God has placed on all of us. It's a calling that he's placed on all of us to be disruptive. That's why we've gone through some of the things that we've gone through, because we have to be able to see the picture full circle, right? In order to understand some things, you have to go through some things. People are not going to understand some of the things you've been through because they ain't never been there. I don't care how much you tell them what it was like. They're not going to know until they were been there. You don't know what it's like. You know what I'm saying? To be in these tight situations and and have to experience the, the, the disrespect and experience the fear and anxiety. You don't know what it's like. I can tell you all day long what happened, but until you've walked in those shoes, you will not fully understand. Yeah. God put us in situations and made us go through some of these things because he knew in order for us to be disruptive, we would have to go through these tight situations. Right. We would have to go through these tight situations. And so... I'm I'm thankful because the Bible says, you know, um, rejoice when you go through trials and tribulations. And I didn't understand that until after I had, I had gone through the trials and tribulations and got on this end of it, right? Once you get to the end of the tunnel, when you're going through it, you're like, man, I don't want to hear that, right? But once you've gone through it and now you can kind of reflect, you're like, okay, God, I see now why I had to go through this because there's no way I could be effective in this arena without having gone through that first. Right. That's right. You know what I was uh, also paying attention to is that line right before it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. The line right before it says, by changing the way you think. Mm -hmm. The New Living Translation. And, um, you know, like you said, not only be disruptive, <laughs> but also be able to acclimate to that disruption, you yourself, you know what I'm saying? Accept that you won't be accepted. Yeah. <laughs> Accept that you will be rejected. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and in the beginning, it, it's going to be like that. And, um, you know, everything you said, you know, hits home, man, because, you know, we all been through things. And that is sadly the, the way that, you know, God tries to teach us. I always tell people there is the will of God, right? There's the umbrella. And under that umbrella, there's two uh, two plans, plan A and plan B. God got two plans. Plan A is his perfect will. Perfect. Everything is perfect. It's written down. This is what's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then there, because of his love, there's plan B, his permissible will. So he allows you to, the, to do these things, but he is already having plan A because this is what he wants you to do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to follow me. I want you to love me. I want you to read the word. I want you to pray. I want you to communicate with me, talk to me, confess to me. I want you to be the son that I adopted. Uh -huh. But I'm allow you to run away if you want to. Mm. So this is my permissible will. But even in plan B, if you choose plan B, still you'll continue to learn his will for you. In other words, he will continue to chase you down. You can run as far, as high, as deep, wherever you want to go. You cannot run away from his will for you. When he had, I mean, 
even Jeremiah said it, you know, before I formed you in the womb, I already knew you. God already had a will for your life. He already knew the purpose for why you were formed, for why you were put on this earth. And for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their only savior, Wallace hit the point earlier in the podcast that he was talking about sanctification. And that's what it is. You, I, I tell people this Sunday, I told them, man, while I was preaching, I said, man, we're wasting so much time, so much valuable time. So many people that need to listen to the word, and we're preaching to ourselves. We've been, we're saved. It's done. It's a wrap. Saved. You didn't accept Jesus Christ and you love him so much. You came to church to listen to a word, to praise God. Great. Why are the same people here this Sunday that were here last Sunday? Mm-hmm. Let's go, man. Let's, you know, it's time to go. You know what I'm saying? It's time to go. Literally go. God said, go, leave, go preach to the nations, go do something. You know what I'm saying? Don't stay in your comfort zone. So don't erect a mausoleum for me. My <laughs> grave is already empty. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. Calm down. You're bringing it down a level, man. But look, <sighs> God has a will for each and every one of us. And that will equals disruption. Jesus was extremely disruptive. Very disruptive. God himself in flesh turned over tables, called people hypocrites. Man, talk about somebody who was disruptive. Did things that the word of God said in the Old Testament you were not supposed to do on the Sabbath. He was like, I am the law. You know what I'm saying? I'm here. I'm the one who wrote it. It was through me, by me. It's me in the flesh. You know what I'm saying? Like he was this in every every single parable, every time he was encountered with anyone, even when he went to Caesar. I mean, every part of his life, he was disrupted. Even when he was a kid, he would get lost in the temple. Disruptive. Like, where's my kid at? You know what I'm saying? He was always disruptive. So... I think if there's something we can take away from that, be disruptive, but in a productive way. Disruptive, but productive. Amen. Mm-hmm. I think we'll, um, it's getting close to our time, so I think we're going to end on that good note. Um, next episode, um, well, there's been a request, gentlemen. Um, our podcast is growing a little bit, man. You know, people chiming in and sending messages. So, um, a request was asked for us to speak about marriage. Mm. And so I want to ask <clears throat> a question. Um, Ooh, buddy. The people have spoken. So we're going to speak about marriage on our next episode. Um, so that's something for the, the people to look forward to. Um, I just want to throw out there. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity also as well um, to talk about your church and what time you have service and so forth and so on. So on August 26th, um, we're going to be having a prayer demonstration for our youth as they get ready to head back to school. I myself and uh, the good brother, Pastor Matos, will be speaking at the event. It will be August 26th. It will be in Spring Lake. Um, in the next coming days, there will be a fire that's going to be um, blasted all over social media. So uh, if you see um, us on our podcast, uh, it'll be up on that. It'll be up on our social media pages, um, Instagram, TikTok. We're pretty much on everything, Facebook, for all the old people. Um, so look out for that. Um, we're excited about that. We have a Christian artist, Don Reddy, um, who's uh, getting a great following. Um, he's like a a youthful uh, Christian pop artist, I guess you can call him that. I don't know, I don't know right. what the genre is, but um, I listen to his music. I think he's great. Um, he's coming down to bless our kids. Um, and so we're going to lay... Um, we're going to give our kids a good word. We're going to give them a good atmosphere where they can come in and praise and worship God. And then we're going to lay hands on them as they get ready to go back to school. Um, so I think it's important that we do that um, to take care of our youth as the new school year starts. Um, Pastor Matos, let us know about your church, what time services, what you have going on. Okay. God bless you, everyone. Our ser- well, that's awesome. First of all, can't wait. Can't wait um, for that. Um, definitely going to blast that out this Sunday. Church is on Sunday and Wednesdays. On Sundays at eleven o'clock a.m., um, it's a predominantly Spanish-speaking church, but we do offer bilingual services. Um, so definitely, uh, you can chime in there, and everything will be translated. Um, 
11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And then on Wednesday, there's Bible study at 7 p.m. On Fridays, we got small groups. So the youth are together. Um, the ladies get together. The men get together. Everybody got their little small groups there. And um, we hanging out on Friday nights uh, on those homes that, you know, people open their doors. That's what we do. Your church is located where, sir? 711 West Noble Street. That's in Selma, North Carolina. You can go to Facebook.com and uh, it's M3D Church. But it's in Spanish, of course, Iglesia M3D. Um, that is the ministry, uh, Miracles and Blessings of God. Um, that's the uh, apostolic ministry. But under that, uh, the church is coming with a new name. And uh, it's it's uh, big things that God has uh, for us. And we will uh, we will find that out next week. Okay, super excited about that. I can't wait for that. Uh, can't wait for 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 to see the new name and you know. Y'all invited. Everybody's invited. Absolutely. You know I'm gonna be there. Um, Brother Wallace, Bishop Wallace, let us know uh, your church service, sir. Where it's located, time, dates. You can catch us every first and third Sundays at eleven o'clock at the uh, Sylvia Chapel um, Church in Greenville, North Carolina. Um, and that's what we're having. We have Bible study online on Wednesdays, and you can follow us on social media. Find me on social media at J. David Wallace, and you can find the church page at Sylvia Chapel, uh, Frugal Baptist Church in Greenville, North Carolina. And also, you can also find Impact Global Church, which is in Jacksonville. You can find that on social media as well. Amen. Amen. And I'll plug uh, my church as well. We are Living Water Church in Spring Lake. Uh, we have church every Sunday at 11 a.m. Bible study on Wednesdays at 630. Um, we're on North Bragg Boulevard. I forgot the number, but uh, North Bragg Boulevard, Living Water Church, Spring Lake. Come out um, if you're in the area, you want to meet with us fellowship with us, pray with us, have us pray for you. We'd love to do that. Um, please don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, we all have social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, so emails. So just reach out if you need uh, prayer. We know that there's a lot of things going on. A lot of people are going through a lot of things. And so we want to be um, available to you and a resource to you um, for any of the needs that you may have. Um, so with that, we're going to end this episode. I'm going to ask Brother Matos to pray us out, and then we will see you guys uh, next time. All right, Lord, we give you thanks, honor, and praise. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, again, to transmit this word, Lord, that you have for us, Lord. And you know that things that we're going through, Lord, better than anyone else, you know our hearts and our minds, Lord. I pray, God, just as Romans 12, 2 says, let us be transformed, Lord, by the renewing of our mind, Lord, to do what is good and pleasing to you, your will, God, in our lives, in the lives of those who we love, Lord, as well as our fathers, our mothers, brothers, sisters, Lord, and um, brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I bless this podcast, Lord. I bless T, bless Wallace, Lord. Um, these pastors, Lord, that get on here every time and sacrifice this hour of their time, Lord, to preach the gospel, to be transparent, open their hearts and their minds as well to the public so they can know that we're regular people just like them. And we're just studying the word, Lord, and um, trying to minister and try to bless others through the interpretation and application of it through our lives. Thank you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, gentlemen, for the evening. Amen. We will see you on the next time.